At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. The following is an exclusive presentation of the Carolina Panthers and the National Football League. Yeah! Touchdown! Touchdown! Panther Talk! Panther Talk! This is Panther Talk with head coach Matt Rule. Presented by Morris Jenkins. When your plumbing or air conditioning is acting up, call Morris Jenkins or visit morrisjenkins.com. Davis flicks it back to Bridgewater who targets Samuel. No, he did not. Yes, he did make the touchdown catch. I think we have a good team. We had for the third straight week the ball with an opportunity at the end to go win the game. But uh, some, some things have to improve. So we'll we'll take a couple days this weekend. We'll regroup. We'll get some guys back. Uh, be a healthier team next week and, uh, and make a run here in the second half. And now, along with Jim Zoki and Eugene Robinson, here's Mick Mixon with Panther Talk. Live from the Panthers broadcast facility at Bank of America Stadium. Take these issues one issue at a time. First of all, Eugene, the Zoke, mm-hmm. just announced several hours ago, Rasul Douglas back available for the Panthers secondary. Eugene, what do you think that'll mean to uh, to this defense and to this team? You know, Rasul Douglas has played extremely well, and he, he brings that veteran leadership. And just a simple, simple thing as you have level routes that's out in the flat where they would want to entice you to jump up on the, the, the short route, well, he would be inclined to take away the deeper route and then make the quarterback throw the ball to the shorter route. And we hadn't seen some of that with the um, with some of the younger guys who have, have taken his place. And so having that veteran leadership and having just that little detail, it means a big deal. It means a great deal. Get to some other headlines here shortly, but Coach Matt Rule has, has joined us now via the the miracle of the Zoom algorithm. Some coaches, they use uh, cliches like nunchucks to kind of ward off the curious mind. Our guy's not like that. Matt Rule will give you, if you listen to his words, he'll give you an honest take and a real window into the psyche of of his football teams. Coach, thanks for joining us on the show. Uh, As you looked at it this weekend, some at the midway point of the season, what are your truths now about where this team is and where we might be headed? I know we're headed. Uh, I know we're headed in the right direction. I know we're headed in a good place. Um, you know that being said, there's always things that you have to improve upon, and you know we have to become a more consistent team. Um, 
that's uh, that's really when you know when I was hired here. That's what Mr. Temper said he was looking for, and um, uh, that's that's what that's what we have to get done. And uh, uh, you know, there have been times this year where we've been a really good football team and we played really really well. Um, you know, Thursday night was not our best was not our best effort. The guys hung in there and battled. I appreciate that from them. Still had a chance at the end of the game to go win the game. But, you know, I, the way I look at things always is is um, just keep grinding away, keep finding the things that you can improve on, keep trying to highlight your strengths. And I think when you peel back the emotion of, of a tough loss, you see uh, some young guys out there, you know, playing well. You see uh, some other guys playing their best football. And so, to me, we just have to just keep moving forward and, and keep getting better at what we do. And, Coach, I would, I'm, I'm just wondering, as, as the team is getting better and as you, I know we want to grow 1%, is it more so that – there's um, major mistakes or the more correctable things that you can go ahead and fix with the effort that you're getting from your guys. I think everything is correctable. I think everything is, is just getting a little bit better at, at some details. I mean, even as you look at that game, um, no real big explosive plays on defense, no blown assignments, no easy 80-yard touchdowns, um, but we're not getting off the field on third down. And you look at the numbers, it says we were 3 of 9, 30, 33%. That's pretty good, but there's three other times that we, you know, got off the field on third down and, and had it called back for a hold, uh, you know, a defensive hold. And, um, you know, I, my challenge to our guys has been, hey, tr- trust yourself and trust your training. You know, if, if we get off the field on those three third downs, we're not only three of nine, now we're three of 12 and, and that's elite. And so there's so many things that I believe that we're on the cusp of being much, much, much better at. Um, I showed the team today, you know, third downs for us on offense and guys running wide open and, 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 and just a guy blows an assignment or a guy takes a bad step and Teddy's got pressure and he can't quite make the throw. And if we can just put those things together, you know, th- th- then you win those games. And um, But, you know, this is not a game of, of close. This is not a game of woulda, coulda, shoulda. But I do believe the truth is, is that, you know, we're getting closer and closer and closer to being a consistent, consistent football team. And, Coach, when you get into the weekly grind of game after game to have a mini-buy, a couple extra days here, does that afford you a chance to kind of not so much coach, but maybe teach a little bit more and for your staff to teach a little bit more, having a little bit of time? Obviously, the players and you had some extra downtime, but also maybe a little bit uh, little bit more calendar-friendly to maybe do a little more teaching this week? Well, I think the biggest thing is, is you know, this has been, uh, this has been a, a, you know, a, a straight, you know, eight-game eight stretch. You know, we have a late buy. A lot playing a lot of young players, uh, a lot of them been thrust into action. And so it was a good opportunity for, for a lot of our guys to, to, to heal up their bodies, um, uh, you know, take a, take a small break and, and get ready for this next, this next group of games. I think for the staff, it's, it was a chance for us to sit back and say, okay, you know, what are we good at? You know, what, what do we need to pr- improve upon? How are we teaching this? How are we doing that? And um, really, really evaluate ourselves and the way that we're doing things. And, you know, that hopefully will allow us to, you know, the guys came in today. We were able to talk about Thursday's game, talk about the future, you know, keep moving ourselves forward. And um, that, that might be just what we needed, you know, get into the halfway point, um, you know, as we get ready into the second half of the season, making sure that we have the players in the right position, doing the right things and, and being taught the right way. Coach Matt Rule with us live on Panther Talk. Coach, you told the press corps today, I think I've got this right, that you feel like, that running the diags on it, your, your offense needs to be better in the second half, or maybe you've seen some drop-off between your first half and second half productivity. Is there a unifying diagnosis in your mind as to why that might be happening? 
Uh, to be quite honest, there isn't. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know that I understand why that's happened. Um, um, but and we've attempted to address it. It just quite quite hasn't, you know, uh, uh, come to fruition at the level we want. Um, you know, we're, we've been a team that, you know, uh, in the first half against Atlanta scored 20 points. We finished with 23 last, you know, this past game. We scored three in the second half. And, and for us to win games, we're going to have to score touchdowns and we're going to have to score touchdowns in the second half of games. And um, part of that's, you know, the ability to run the football and wear the other team down. Part of that's taking advantage of your opportunities. And and so I think, you know, it, it's a tremendous opportunity for us as a staff, us as a team to 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 look and see what the problem is. We've identified what the problem is. Now, how exactly you fix it? You know, no, nothing in life is ever that, you know, simple to me. There's always a lot of a lot of things that lead into it. And so we'll 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 fight scratch and claw to get better better at it in the second half. Because if we can if we can add the same level of production in the second half that we've had done in the first, we'll be a good team. And coach, does it matter? Will, will you end up changing maybe a little bit of your philosophy? Be a little bit maybe more aggressive on defense, or maybe. Uh, pull back some of as you approach this as you move forward in the last eight games coach what do you what do you think you will probably do maybe self self scout your own self well I mean we, we made a we made a, a decision this past game I mean we, we you know it might not it might not always show up on TV but I mean we brought we brought five we played man, man free you know we played two man we played man to man I mean we were much more you know uh, even with those young guys out there we were much more up in their place playing man um, in that game. And that, that's really why we got those holding calls because guys were up there, you know, and not really trusting themselves. Play, they were playing, had great coverage and then just grabbing a guy for real, for really no reason. But um, I, I think for us right now, uh, especially in this year of, of COVID, it really comes down to kind of who you have each week, um, who you're facing. You know, we're facing the Chiefs this week, which is a way different offense than some of the other offenses we faced. So I, I think for us, it's just a week, week by week of us having the same core philosophies of, of running, of tackling, of getting off blocks, but taking advantage of, of who we have each week and who we're facing. But, uh, but I was, you know, I, I thought, I thought uh, Phil and the guys did a nice job of, of at least holding them to field goals in the red zone so that uh, we were able to hang in that football game. Of course, the Chiefs, Super Bowl winners, 7-1 and one this year. Coach, your time in Texas, is Patrick Mahomes somebody you crossed paths with in, in the uh, past history with Coach Andy Reid? Uh, I did did not uh, uh, cross paths with uh, Patrick Mahomes, and the Reed family's you know been a, a very special family to me over the years. Um, coach Reed's son Britt, who's on his staff, uh, worked with me at Temple when I was an assistant coach, and then his son Spencer um, played for me at Temple when I was the head coach, and then um, uh, then he's now a strength coach on that staff. So, uh, Coach Reed's a fantastic man, a great football coach. He's won two different places with four different, four or five different quarterbacks. Um, just always finds a way to get the most out of his team. Talking to Coach Rule on Panther Talk. Coach, the, in life, the excuses that we need are all around us. But I heard you say one time, it's what you believe stridently in. You don't make excuses and you don't allow them to be made for you or for your football team. How did you come about that that wisdom? Um. You know, when I was at uh, Baylor, we brought in a, a military group and they worked with our team for two days. Uh, and um, they, they brought they, they 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 really taught me a lot about uh, about leadership and, and groups and teams and organizations. It was really a fascinating experience. But one of their tenets was, you know, we don't make excuses and we don't let others make them for us. And, um, you know, you, you come off a loss. They're, the excuses, as you said, are all around you. You can say, you know boy, we're beat up. You can say, man, you know, we, we plan a bunch of young guys, all those different things. 
but at the end of the day, each and every week we have a mission, you know, that's, that's, that's to win the football game. And, um, um, you know, that's what we're going to try to do this week. We're going to attack it with everything that we have and go out and play, uh, you know, a great football team, a Super Bowl champion football team. And, and um, what a tremendous opportunity for us to, to, to go play our best game, knowing that it won't be easy, but at the same time uh, we have an opportunity and that's, that's all you can ask for. And coach, did any player surprise you as you guys look back over the, the film that you said, man, you know, we got to get this guy on the field more so to, to take advantage of their skill set. Um, you know, that, you know, that's a great question. I mean, some of the guys like, you know, Stanley Thomas Oliver got in the game um, and went out there and just started playing. And it wasn't always perfect, the corner, but, but he did a nice job. You know, we have, we have a young man, Austin Larkin, who's playing on special teams. He gets in a couple of plays on defense. And every time we put him in, you know, he makes a tackle, he makes a play. He, he just finds a way to get involved. And the third guy like that, I would say, would probably be Jermaine Carter. You know, he's been a great special teams player. He's been kind of waiting his turn. Um, and, uh, you know, I think there's there's more and more of a role for him. So I think all, you know, I think that's the one great thing about uh, as the season goes on, uh, guys have a chance to really, you know, get settled into the system. I have to always remind myself, you know, this isn't, you know, uh, this isn't a system that they were, they've been a part of for a long time. They're getting more and more comfortable in our offensive and defensive and special team systems. And you see guys just getting better and better. And, and that's um, that, 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 that makes you feel good about the direction that we're heading. And uh, a season of uh, seems week after week, a number of players you know dropping out for various reasons, injury related, COVID. Two players, uh, you know, to talk about. Rasul Douglas is obviously coming back. If you could talk about what his impact could be coming back and how he played the start of the season for you, and uh, your your optimism level on uh, where Christian McCaffrey is with this game coming up this week in the practice week. Well, I mean, Rasul is um, since the day he's gotten here, he's been. Uh, a difference maker, not just on the field, but also in the locker room. He's someone, he's just tough. You know what I mean? Like he's just tough. Uh, I, I love coaching him. Um, you know, I love, I love being around him. I think he has such an impact on, on people and he just loves, he loves the fight. He loves the competition. And you know, that, that's, that's what we need. And uh, so I think having him back will be uh, huge for us. And, Obviously, you know, Christian wants to play. And so, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really hopeful that he'll be out there this week and uh, there won't be any setbacks, you know, during the practice week and that he'll be uh, ready to go on Sunday. Always good hearing your voice, Coach Rule. Thanks for being with us on the show. And good luck preparing this week for the at Kansas City game. All right. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Coach. Thank you, Coach. Matt Rule presented by Morris Jenkins. That's a lot of fun. We'll come back with the broadcast roundtable. Much to talk about when the, we return on Panther Talk and you're listening to it from the Langtonian Institute of Broadcasting Studios, Bank of America Stadium on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. Hi, this is Dewey Jenkins. Most people think my first name is Morris, but it's not. It's Dewey. Mr. Morris was the name of the man I bought the company from back when I was young. I'd like to take a few moments to say how proud we are to be Panther sponsors. When I told the team at Morris Jenkins, you would have thought I was sending them on a free trip to Hawaii. We're here for the Panthers, and we're here for you too, whenever you need us. This is Panther Talk, presented by Morris Jenkins on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. And it's a fake, a fake punt, a snap to the up man, to the 40, to the 45, Chin will have the first down with ease, Chin a stiff arm, Chin out of bounds, at the 40, no flags on the football field. First down the 11-yard line of the Falcons. 
One back Samuel, and it's Samuel ripping, running to the five, cuts left, touchdown, Carolina Panthers. Having to play a Sunday game and then quick turnaround, play on Thursday, we need our rest. You know, everybody got nicks and bruises, but, you know, especially for the older guys, it's definitely good for them to get their body right. All of us get mentally right, take some time away and spend time with our family, you know, just to get our minds right, you know, get us excited for the second half of the, of the season. Panther Talk, presented by Morris Jenkins, continues on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. Broadcast Roundtable brought to you by GEICO. Great news, you can save 15% or more on your car insurance. Just let GEICO check things out for you. He's 25 years old. He weighs 230 pounds from out of Texas Tech. Patrick Mahomes carries a lot of – he seems to be thick through the the thighs and, I mean, just a strong athlete, hard to get on the ground. But, Eugene, where does he get his ability to go off script yet make things happen in that exciting way he does? You know, he – I was thinking about him as I was coming down here, and I said he reminds me so much of Montana, the, the patience of a Montana, the arm like a uh, like a Dan Marino. And then that's that leadership, like a, a, a Tom Brady, that cool leadership, like I know I can make these plays. I think – He's just one of those guys that quarterbacks that come every, you know, every ten years that you go, man, this guy's just great. You know, it's cultivated when he was young, just playing ball out in the streets, just playing, then playing high school, and then then playing college. He's just so confident, and when he's when he's playing, he has an absolute command of everything that's going on, and then he doesn't take hits. I mean, so this guy is elite. He is one of the elite quarterbacks in the league, bar none. He's up there with Russell Wilson, up there with Tom Brady. He's one of the guys you say, if you stop this guy, you can stop the Kansas City Chiefs. But if you don't stop that guy, you most likely are going to stop the Kansas City Chiefs. And he's got great players around him, so he's – it's interesting. Like yesterday, he he had five touchdown passes. They've won – and put up 40, 50 points with him having no touchdown passes. Yep. They'll just run the ball on that day. Yesterday, they, they barely ran the ball at all and, and ran the score up on the Jets. So it's uh, they can win in a variety of ways, and he's able to to run and, and not just be a passer a lot of times and to, to keep drives alive or score touchdowns in that way. And while Russell Wilson was a third-round pick, I mean, Mahomes was not the first pick in that draft either. He was like, what, the fourth quarterback, yes. even though he went mid-first round in that draft. So a lot of teams missed out on, as you said, a generational quarterback, Eugene. And Mick, uh, quickly, 21 touchdowns and only one interception at this juncture. That's incredible. <laughs> That's insane. Oh, my goodness. It's crazy. Um, I'm thinking about when he came out in the draft, it was just his arm. I mean, the baseball pedigree that he could just throw at 70, 75 yards with ease. But so many quarterbacks have not been able to sustain it. You know, we've seen Minshew mania, but then survey says, eh. uh-huh. Then you see uh, Fitzmagic. And, I mean, it's just so hard to sustain it, but how much credit do you give to Andy Reid and how much credit both you guys, because you both know of, of Andy Reid and his offensive genius quite well, how much of Mahomes' success is the confluence of his career and, and a- Andy Reid's? Yeah, I think uh, Coach Reid is smart enough to let him uh, do what he does. The same thing he was when he was uh, with Brett Favre, um, and he actually was with the tight ends when I was playing the Green Bay, but he would allow you to do uh, – and and use your skill set. I mean, when you think about this, when Patrick Mahomes is back there and he's looking to the left-hand side, he's running, he's he's inclined to throw the ball way back to the backside of the field easily, like it's nothing. And typically you would say, don't do that, but Coach Reed says, go ahead and do it. 
I mean, if you can make that throw, go ahead and make that throw because it only builds your confidence. And I think he's unleashed him to go ahead and allow him to be who he is as a, a true quarterback who can make a lot of plays. Did a lot of that with Michael Vick when Reed was at Philadelphia. Yes. Vick was about done, but Reed got some good years out of him. Plus, it's hard to tell a guy making $500 million what to do. Hey, Patrick Mahomes, I don't think you should throw that ball. <laughs> I'm making $500 million. So I'm going to throw that ball. I'm pretty good. And he's pretty good at throwing. He's, he's pretty dang good. He's good. He seems like, uh, beyond all that, uh, to be, as Andy Reid is, a terrific person, too. Injury updates are brought to you by Ortho Carolina. Your personalized orthopedic care begins with a click of a mouse. Schedule your next appointment online at orthocarolina.com. Ortho Carolina, your care, your, your way. way. Yeah, you got, got it. it. Got it. As Coach Rule talked about, uh, optimism is high for the return of Christian McCaffrey off the high ankle sprain. Uh, Rasul Douglas is cleared off the COVID list. Those are the good news. Uh, Dante Jackson seems to be able to play every week and then never knows when that uh, little toe thing is going to come uh, flaring back up as it did at the, this past game. We saw that again with Atlanta. Uh, also, Zach Kerr dealing with a toe injury and Russell Okung with a groin injury. So Wednesday is usually the day we get further updates on what's going on with those injury situations. As we go to break, listen to this nugget that came out of the press conference today with with Coach Rule. This will shock you. If the Panthers are successful in keeping Teddy Bridgewater upright, things tend to go well. When he's not, when he's knocked on his backside, things don't go as well. Isn't that amazing? The things you learn after years of watching you. football. I mean, I mean the, nu- the nuances of the game that are not – so well known. I know. Well, you stick with us here on the show, and you will educate you about this great game of football. It is There is more to it than that, as you'll hear when you hear from Teddy Bridgewater. That's next when Panther Talk continues on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. This is Panther Talk, presented by Morris Jenkins on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. On third down and 10. Ryan from a muddy pocket. Yeah. He'll be taken down. Fair hug and dropped by Obata. Ryan takes Hands to Gurley, and he is immediately popped by Weatherly. Back towards midfield. Ryan looks at Gurley, doesn't pull the trigger, and that'll cost him. He is sacked back to the 22. Cover two look in the back for the Panthers. Ryan fakes play action to Hill. Lost a pass down the field. Intercepted. Picked off Carolina at the 40-yard line. Dante Jackson Jackson got it. We're disappointed in us getting the the loss, but uh, we can't hone on that. We can't can't just... uh, let that one get to us next week. So uh, we got to do a good job of uh, going in here, uh, seeing what we did wrong, seeing what we can execute better in, um, and attacking that because uh, there's more games left, so we, we won't even worry about this one uh, after we watch film. Back to Mick Mixon, Jim Zoki, and Eugene Robinson with Panther Talk, presented by Morris Jenkins on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. Panther quarterback Teddy Bridgewater does a great job hiding it but you can almost feel the ache in his heart when he describes just how close this Panther offense is to really coming together. You look back, you do some self-scouting, and um, you find out different things. Uh, of course, you know, we want to be executing better. You know, there are times where we've shown flashes of, of being an elite offense. And if we could just you know, be consistent, uh, be a better second-half football team, um, I think you know, we'll – take the right steps towards being a, a good football team, a great football team. So, um, you know, just understanding that when all 11 guys are doing their job, you know, it looks like a well-oiled machine. Um, when, you know, we, we get out of character sometimes, uh, that's when things go wrong. So, honestly, for us, it's just 
playing complete football, 60 minutes, being better in the second half, and you know, just trusting what the coaches, uh, the coaches are teaching us. Bridgewater says Mike Davis is good in some of the same ways that Christian McCaffrey is good. Everything that Mike has done, you know, that's what Christian brings to the table as well. You know, obviously Christian, you know, coming off the year that he had last year, you know, uh, he's a guy who's exceptional. But at the same time, you know, you never want to take away what Mike did for us. Um, for him to step in and do the things that he's done, you know, he's been a true pro. He's been working extremely hard. But Christian is a guy you get back. You know, uh, everyone saw what he did last year. Uh, what he did the first two games this year. So we're just excited, you know, to be getting healthy at this point in the year. Bridgewater on the importance of him staying clean in the pocket. We watch the tape, you know, um, and we evaluate different things as we watch the tape. You know, the ultimate goal is to go out there and not get sacked at all. But uh, there are times in games where teams might scheme us up, might draw up a pressure that gets their quarterback. But um, I think, you know, guys are communicating well, um, we could always be executing better, but um, I agree with Coach. You know, um, and that's one of our keys to victory each week, just you know, winning the line of scrimmage. And that, that includes you know, burning the blitzes that teams may bring and just protecting the quarterback. So um, I think we can just do those things, like Coach said, you know, the games will be much smoother. Teddy does say he likes the feel of this Panther team. Each year is different. Each team is different that I've been on. But um, – you know, you always want to make sure that you're playing your best football, you know, as the season is going on. You want to be a team that's, um, you know, progressing. So, um, you know, we want to make sure we have that mindset that, you know, this is the time where, you know, we played eight games already. You only get eight more opportunities. You want to make sure that you're heading in the right direction. So we know how important this second half of the season is. Curtis Samuel is contributing in a variety of ways. Yeah, Curtis, um, you know, he's a great football player. Um and, you know, yeah, he's making plays on third down, but he's also scoring touchdowns, you know, on first and second down, catching the ball, rushing the ball out of the backfield. But uh, it's just, you know, Curtis is so explosive, his first step. Uh, once he gets the ball in his hand, he's able to make guys miss. This awareness for where he is on the football field, you know, it's outstanding. So, uh, however, we can just find ways to get him the ball. Uh, something good always happens. Bridgewater on facing the Kansas City Chiefs this weekend. You know, every week is challenging. And, you know, you're going against the defending champs. And we just got to go on with the right mindset and understand that. We just got to play the game that, you know, play the game the way we know how to play. Um, we can't let it be a game where they're dictating uh, the tempo and the speed of the game. Um, we just got to play the game, you know, play our brand of football and get back to playing our brand of football and, um, allow everything else to fall in place. The Chiefs are known for their offensive firepower, but Bridgewater will spend this week watching tape of their defense. Stay with us as Panther Talk, presented by Morris Jenkins, continues right after this. This is Panther Talk, presented by Morris Jenkins on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. Flanker right, split in left. Falcons crowd Carolina again. Here's the flea flicker. Davis flicks it back to Bridgewater, who targets Samuel. <laughs> no, he did not. Yes, he did make the touchdown catch. I appreciate all guys' effort. I thought we played hard. I thought there were a lot of guys that were thrust into action that, uh, you know, stepped up. You know, I, I give them a lot of credit. They went out there. They, they, they competed. And um, I appreciate that effort. 
But with all that being said, it wasn't good enough to win. Wow. And uh, all we can do as we move forward now is come back and, and, and uh, try to improve. Panther Talk, presented by Morris Jenkins, continues on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. It's always a joy to tap the red wire and the black wire into Marty Herney's energy source and talk Panther football on Panther Talk. Marty, before we get to uh, the halfway mark of the season and some other things, do you have any postmortem on the Atlanta game that Panther fans would be interested in? Well, I think that, you know, all the things that we've done when we've played well and all the things that Matt Rule has, you know, laid out in his formula, we didn't do a lot of them. And Atlanta came in here and, uh, you know, obviously they were determined to, to make a point and they came in and, you know, really won the physical battle. And, you know, that's what we want to be is a physical, tough, competitive football team that plays for each other. And, you know, we didn't do it as well the other night as we have some other weeks. How frustrating do you think it was for Coach Rule and his offensive coaches not to have really been able to solve the riddle of of Atlanta's pressure package defensively? Well, I think it was frustrating. You know, I think the, there are a lot of parts that were frustrating for the night. And obviously, you know, one of the things that, that Matt and, and Joe Brady and um, the offense stresses is that, you know, it, it, we have to we have to protect Teddy. And, um, I, you know, anybody who watched the game saw that he took a lot of hits. He was under a lot of duress, a lot of pressure. And there's a lot of, lot of negatives to that. Number one, we have to keep Teddy upright and healthy and, and give him time to make the good decisions that he makes. And then the other part was that we had some guys open in certain times and the pressure just didn't allow him to, to get the ball to him. Is it a fair deal, Marty, to have to get a football team ready to go for Thursday night balanced with the additional rest that playing a Thursday night affords? Both teams have to play the same, the, the same night with the same amount of rest. We were home, and again, I don't think that you're going to find anybody making excuses. It's we just we did not play to the to the level and to the formula that Matt and his coaching staff and and the players have been preaching this whole time. So you know, Atlanta came in and beat us, and now it's its attention is to Kansas City and to try to get back to you know get one percent better. This would be a natural time, it seems, on this road trip of the season to find an exit and get off and maybe hit the restroom, just sort of assess, stretch our legs, et cetera. Do you believe in that kind of midseason report card, some self-scouting on a football team, Marty? I think we do it every week, Mick, and and really you you do it every day. But, you know, I think that, you know, I think Matt Matt said that this is a a very good – evaluation year. And I think that that's what every week is for us. It's an evaluation of where we are in, in our growth as a football team and where we want to get to, which is to be a team that wins consistently week to week and year to year. And to this point, I think there's been some bright spots. Uh, I think that you can point to a number of games where the energy that we brought, the physicality that we brought, the uh, precision to detail that we brought was very good. And then you can point to games like the other night that it wasn't. And we have to get to the point where we do the good things week in and week out. 
Marty Herney on Panther Talk. It was announced today by the team that Rasul Douglas has been cleared to come back. What will that mean to this secondary and to this defense? You know, Rasul has, has really been a great addition for us. And Pat Stewart, who, you know, we got in the offseason, he was at Philly. Pat knew him. We claimed him off waivers at the 53-man cut. And not only has Rasul been a very good player for us and given us a, a big corner, but he's been a very good influence in the meeting rooms and in the locker room. And, and uh, he's had a, a very good influence on our, our young players. So it's good to get him back. We miss him when he's not, when he wasn't here. No question. Last thing for you, Marty, we'll let you get back to work. In the world outside of an NFL GM's crucible, tomorrow is election day. But in the world inside your bubble, it's the NFL's trade deadline. Have you got any deals percolating right now? You know, Mick, everybody's this is the time everybody makes calls to make sure to to kind of check the landscape out and see what teams are doing. But hasn't been a lot of deals. It's it's a lot of conversations. I think this year's a little different. I think for a couple reasons. I think number one, you know, any deal you make and and I think teams that maybe are you see teams like Pittsburgh and New Orleans making deals that are trying to make, uh, I think they have a chance to make a, a run to the Super Bowl and they're making deals now. But when you trade for a player, you've got to wait a week until they get through the protocol. Then the other thing is with next year's salary cap being so uncertain and right now the number's at 175 and nobody really knows what next year the, or the following year is going to look like salary cap wise. So if uh, a trade involves a player with a big cap number, that's another uncertainty. So I think it's there's a little more uncertainty this year that, than has been in previous years, but there's always a couple more the final day. So we'll see. But at this point, it's just teams, you know, calling around, talking and, and engaging interest. Sounds complicated. Glad we got you at the wheel to sort it all out. And Marty, I think my answer was more complicated. <laughs> no, I wasn't going to say anything. I was, I was rightly enjoying it. It was great. And um, Marty, I appreciate you. All of us do. So thanks for your time and uh, good luck in getting ready for, uh, for the trade deadline tomorrow and for the activities of this week. Thanks, Mick. Appreciate it. Tonight's visit with the GM of the Carolina Panthers brought to you by FanDuel. You play FanDuel's Gridiron Pick'em. It's free, and it's on the Panthers app on your phone, and you could win a 1,000 bones. Can you believe that? You can win $1,000 by playing a free game. Where else is there a deal like that? Visit the Panthers app now, register your free account, and get in the game. FanDuel, official partner of the Carolina Panthers. Announcers of the Panthers, not eligible. (laughs) (laughs) We all get excited. It's like, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe we could we play. I don't know. We should probably do that now that I think of it. It's a good call. Yeah. The opinions expressed on this show mm-hmm. do not necessarily, reflect. although they could possibly. Yes. They don't. Whatever Mick says does not reflect the rest of the crew. Yep. I know. Okay, so uh, at Kansas City, second half of the season begins with at Kansas City and then the Panthers host Tampa Bay the following week. How will the mindset be? on a young football team, Eugene, going to play the defending Super Bowl champions at their place and with a high Q rating quarterback? You know, it's, it has to be daunting from one level because Kansas City's still playing well. I mean, it would be different if they weren't playing well. 
but they're hitting on all cylinders right now. I mean, they've been the quarterback, the the running game, <laughs> the passing game, the defense. They've been hitting on all uh, cylinders. So, and they seem to me as defending champions to really take that mantle seriously because they know that every team that plays them is going to get up for them. So I'm expecting that the Panthers will get up, and this would be like a Super Bowl for them because I'm expecting they're going to go ahead and give it everything that they can possibly handle that is for the Kansas City Chiefs. So this is going to be a really good game because this is a game I would get up for because I know I'm playing the best. And typically when you're playing a a game like this uh, where you're um, you're a sure underdog, you need to have some some big splash plays like maybe a, a punt return for a touchdown, you know, a defensive return for a touchdown. And those are things that the Panthers really, while they've been kind of chipping away and playing good football this year, and Brian Burns has uh, three strip sack fumbles of quarterbacks and things like that. You know what I'm talking about, Eugene? You need that sudden change. And those are the kind of things when you're a, a relatively heavy underdog in this league that have to happen, don't they? Yeah, they, they do. I mean, we saw this past week, I forget what team, but we saw a putt return or a kickoff return by one of the teams, and they weren't supposed to win, but they end up beating – I forget who it is. I'm, okay, I'm just messing the whole thing up, but I forget who the team was. But they weren't supposed to win the game and they end up winning the game um, because they had special teams play. They had defensive plays. They had so many plays that you didn't expect that they were going to get points from. And because of that, they, they won a game that they shouldn't have won. And I'm forgetting the team, so it will come to me in a moment, and I'll tell you that team. That sounds good. Uh, the Chiefs' base defense appears to be a 4-2. They list two tackles, two ends, two sets of linebackers, three sets of corners, and then a free and a strong safety. Might that be a defensive alignment that the Panthers could run on? We'll find out when we continue with Panther Talk next. This is the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. Hi, this is Dewey Jenkins. Most people think my first name is Morris, but it's not. It's Dewey. Mr. Morris was the name of the man I bought the company from back when I was young. I'd like to take a few moments to say how proud we are to be Panther sponsors. When I told the team at Morris Jenkins, you would have thought I was sending them on a free trip to Hawaii. We're here for the Panthers, and we're here for you too, whenever you need us. This is Panther Talk, presented by Morris Jenkins on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. How you doing? This Mick. Got the Zoke here. Jeannie Rob. Panther Talk prior to the Kansas City game. Some people say, well, what's the, the best way to play defense? How should you play defense in the NFL? Uh, Eugene, the Zoke, to me, that the answer to that question has to be qualified with, well, what kind of offense do you have? If you have an offense like Kansas City, like the Saints, then, Eugene, doesn't it make sense to say that would kind of shape how you call your defense and maybe how you staff your defense? Absolutely. I mean, it's really predicated upon what the offense does. And I think Coach Coach alluded to that. I was asking him, do you get aggressive? What do you do? And he said, each team is – got to take each team differently. It's based on what they do defensively, offensively, and special teams. And sometimes there's nuances to it. Sometimes – uh, they may have some tricks and some 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 tendencies, but you got to take each game by itself, separate as its own entity, and each offense and each defense as its own entity. And you have to dive yourself into the details of that to understand the idiosyncrasies and the nuances to give yourself a chance to go ahead and win a football game. There's no doubt about that. So I agree with you, Mick. 
Anything about this defense that should be worrisome to the Panther offense? It looks like a unit Carolina could move the ball on, Zoke. I think it's unfair you've done your depth chart on Monday because I don't usually do that to like Wednesday or so. So the fact that you've gone ahead and – We'll do and like done, in school. I mean, you can rubber people neck People haven't on seen. Me. Mick has already done like the next three games working ahead here. But uh, no, Kansas City, that was the difference last year was that they finally had a defense to go with the offense. A lot of times you'll see these high-scoring teams, but then defensively they're just mediocre and not good. I mean, it, it takes playing good defense to be able to, to win. And I think with, with what Kansas City's doing, it's like they've – Eugene got a lot of wiggle room, right? I mean, they can take chances on defense. They've got an offense that can score in a hurry. So it also takes a lot of pressure off that defense knowing that you've got an offense that, in most cases, builds up a big lead and gives those defenses a chance to kind of tee off on the opponents that you know are one-dimensional and they're going to have to throw most of the game. Yeah, absolutely. And don't forget, their defense has given up 142 yards per game. That's a lot of yards. Don't forget, also, I'm looking at the the stat sheet. They're giving up 20 points to the Texans, 20 points to the Chargers, 20 points – to the Ravens, um, 40 points to the Raiders. They've given up a lot of points. And Heck, so, even the Jets got nine. I know. So, <laughs> so when you look at it, I'm just saying that this this defense is you know is is vulnerable, and I think our offense can score against anybody. I really believe that we can score against anybody. The problem is stopping the Kansas City Chiefs offense. The Kansas City Chiefs offense is is pretty pretty darn good. Pretty special. They got this the is. Honey Badger on their defense. And Matthew's fun to watch in his ninth year out of LSU. Anyway, so what about the McCaffrey effect? We'll break that down when Panther Talk resumes in just a second. Panther Talk, presented by Morris Jenkins, continues on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. Jim Zoki, Eugene Robinson. My name's Mick Mixon Zook. And then, Eugene, how do you think that the threat of McCaffrey coming back will change? the planning, the discussions going on in the Kansas City defensive meeting rooms this week. He's a great decoy to have. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, just think about that aspect alone, Eugene, just the, the play action you can do now, the, the respect that he commands. Teams are going to want to spy him, uh, so he, he kind of takes a defender away in a lot of ways. And then the fact that even when you do game plan for him, and even if you think you're going to tackle him, you can't. Uh, he's shown that for the past couple of years, so it, uh, it adds such, obviously, a huge dimension to this offense. And, and quickly, I want to say the team I was thinking about was the Dolphins versus the Rams, 2017. Oh, right. So I want to make sure I got that out because the Rams dominated them a little bit and they should have won the game, I thought. But uh, I also believe that when you couple Mike Davis with McCaffrey, I think you can have that two-headed monster like when you saw back with Stewart and D'Angelo Williams. I think that you get both those guys on the field at the exact same time, and I think that opens up the field just a little bit more for you too. Uh, you could put uh, McCaffrey and H-back, or you put them both back in the, in the spread set like split. I think that's a lot of trouble for a lot of teams. Yeah, and since they can both run inside and outside, you could <laughs> have goodness. Mr. Inside and Outside and then – Mr. Inside, Mr. Inside, inside and Outside, outside in the game at the and same they're time. they're both good blockers, which is unusual for guys that run the ball to be good blockers, too. And good receivers. McCaffrey is so good. Have you noticed this, Eugene? He, when two men come up to tackle him, whereas a Mike Davis might just lower his head and just rock their world and get a couple extra yards, McCaffrey can target one, make him – he just does a fantastic job of getting the angles to favor him and splitting the double team. Yeah, it's something that Steve Largent back in the day would do. He would, if he got double teamed, he would always concentrate on one guy and beat one guy, not two guys. And by beating one guy, he beat two guys. Good show, guys. Appreciate you. For Eugene, for the Zoke, for the rest of our crew, DL, uh, podcast Matt, Matt, and the rest of the crew, Wendell. This is Mick Mixon. This has been Panther Talk on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. This has been Panther Talk. 
head coach, Matt Rule, presented by Morris Jenkins. Mr. Jenkins told me that he loves football and he looks forward to this show all week. When your plumbing or air conditioning is acting up, call Morris Jenkins or visit morrisjenkins.com. Panther Talk. Panther Talk. Panther Talk. This is the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. <laughs> 